crazy mother. This is episode number 57 of the Hustling for Happiness podcast. Six helpful reminders for when you're struggling with mental health. Hello, beautiful people. This is Chris Teich, the creator of Hustling for Happiness. And if you're unfamiliar with what that is, Hustling for Happiness is a company which I have created to help you get after your goals and dreams each and every day. Now, sometimes I read blog articles that I've written in the past and record them for you right here on the podcast. And then other times I simply hit record and I rant. Today I am reading a blog that I wrote uh, not too long ago, and it's in the publication In Fitness and in Health on Medium. And all of that being said, let's get into episode number 57, six helpful reminders for when you're struggling with mental health. Depression sucks. (laughs) I've struggled with it my whole life. It's an energy sinkhole that drains the life out of you and can leave you feeling depleted, whether you got out of bed that day or not. Now, this lovely pandemic has triggered the mental health issues of millions. People are struggling. For some, every day right now is a fight to stay above water. Thankfully, mental health is being taken seriously now and is a part of society's conversation. Here are six reminders that have helped me through these crazy, crazy times. Number one, you are not alone. Now, I got to be honest, for the longest time, you know, mental health, at least from my perception, it had a stigma around it and it was kept in secret. The secrecy was because the world at large would label people as quote unquote crazy and throw them in an institution for the rest of their lives or call them a witch and burn them at the stake. Thankfully, we've evolved. Mental health and the taking care of it has finally become more mainstream. There's now more information and better understanding of brain chemistry than ever before in recorded human history. It's really unbelievable. Science has been able to study the brain and learn what takes place physiologically to apply new methods to help. More studies are underway and further information is coming out now every single day. So, some things to remember. My friends, you are not alone. I used to think that no one would understand my depression. Once I sought counseling for it, I was stunned. I learned that not only was I not alone, but it was quite common. Now, according to the World Health Organization, over 264 million people suffer from depression. And... Nearly 800,000 people die due to depression-related suicide every year. That is a staggering amount. One out of every four people suffers from some type of diagnosed mental illness. People, that is 25% of the population. Others suffer from more than one kind of mental illness, too. The point is, and the point I want you to remember, you aren't the only one suffering. Point number two, having a mental illness is not a personal failure. A mental health issue isn't your fault because it's not entirely in your control. I mean, come on, no one chooses to have depression or anxiety. No one voluntarily says, I want to live like this. No, I felt like a complete failure for years because I was never excited for life or grateful for it either. And quick tangent from the blog 
I don't want you to think that now it's like, oh, I've had some come to Jesus moment and I never have a bad day. No, I still suffer. I still deal with it. I still battle it. And I'll get more into the good days and the bad days later on. But back to the blog. There were some days that I wanted to die for no reason whatsoever. None. It might seem obvious that having depression wasn't my fault. But when you're in that mental storm, you can't see clearly. There is zero clarity at times. You lose sight of logic. You can't connect to your passions or your purpose. You feel awful and you don't want to get out of bed. So here are some things to remember. It's not your fault. While you had no control in choosing your brain, you do have control over your actions. And you can train yourself to think better thoughts. You can research different strategies that have helped create, uh, that others have created, and adapt them for yourself. Now, personally, I'm going to be honest, still, the number one thing that helps me is physical activity. It helped me a great deal. Getting in the gym and tra- with a training partner helped me to stay accountable. The training wasn't the hard part, but taking that first step and starting momentum was. Like really sitting down with somebody, an accountability partner, and saying, hey, listen, I need you. I need this. I need your help, right? More to come in a little bit. Now, when I was training, especially with someone else, it would alter my focus from my problems. And I'd be working towards a goal with someone by my side right there. So when I felt like quitting, they were saying, no, bro, stop being a punk. Let's go. The training was a distraction and it brought a lot of comfort when I needed it. Other friends of mine, I know for a fact that they read, they paint, they learn instruments, language, or play video games just to help them escape. But the key is to do something. You got to take action. You got to do something. And this leads me to my next point. Point number three, it's okay to ask for help. Now is the best time in history to get help. There are entire professions devoted to helping people who have mental health problems. Plus, you have the internet. There are endless apps, books, and YouTube channels devoted to the topic. The resources are there, but lack of resourcefulness falls on us. So, some things to remember. If you feel like you have a problem, don't stay silent, primarily because of fear. I'm going to give you a little tip. Fear is like a fire, and time is the tinder on which it burns. Now, the longer you wait, the greater the fear is going to become. Does that make sense? The longer that you wait to take action, this fear is going to be gargantuan. It will eventually paralyze you from from taking any action at all. So, speak up. See a specialist. And for the love of God, go and take action, okay? Something that helped me personally outside of seeking counsel when I was younger were confidants, people I could trust with my life in these sensitive, sensitive issues and vent to when needed. These angels were usually my best friends. Uh, they knew me better than anyone. And I was surprised that, you know, that they struggled too. They admitted it to me. And so now we had this bond, this camaraderie of like, hey, like, I'm going to grab your hand, you're going to grab my hand, and we're going to do it together. When you open up, 
I have found that people are all the more willing to help when they can. And don't get me wrong, it's not easy. It's ironic, but it actually takes courage and confidence to be vulnerable. But once you talk about it, you'll be grateful you did. Now, will you solve all of your mental health problems? No. No. It's a journey. It's an ever-evolving, unfolding journey. But you'll be able to turn down the volume a bit and regain control. Point number four. It's okay to have bad days. Guys and girls, my friends, if you remember anything from this podcast, remember what I'm about to say right now. One bad day doesn't mean you have a bad life, okay? Please don't assume that one bad day or week means you are cursed. A conclusion like this just isn't correct. While I understand that we all desire comfort and safety, growth comes from living outside of our comfort zones. We will all have good days and bad days. None of those days determine our worth. We do. We determine our worth. It's essential not to put so much weight on the conditions of life. Some days, it's just terrible, right? That that has nothing to do with us. Just one bad thing after another bad thing after another bad thing. That's not a reflection on on who we are and how good we're doing. No, some days we're going to need to cry. Some days we yell, scream, vent, or all of the above. Reacting in this manner doesn't mean we are worthless. Once again, it's just a bad day and it'll pass like all the others. So some things to remember going forward, bad days will happen, sometimes bad weeks. That is guaranteed. What we must remember is that it's all a part of the journey. The good, the bad, the ugly, the messy, the unknown, all funneled together, creating this beautiful thing called life. We cannot ever be eternally happy. And things will never be perfect. So stop aiming for that. It's an illusion. The person who chases a mirage never gets it. They realize eventually it was all a trick, a fantasy. Life is not perfect. It's full of setbacks, delays, challenges, and failures. In fact, it's composed by those experiences. It will always be like that whether you struggle with mental health or not. Moving on, point number five. Celebrate the small wins. (laughs) So often we get caught up in our day-to-day responsibilities that they overwhelm us. We get bogged down by our to-do list that we forget to acknowledge our accomplishments. When we don't pat ourselves on the back for our achievements, no matter how small, and we only focus on what isn't done yet, we put ourselves in a state of imbalance. I'm going to say that once more. When we don't pat ourselves on the back for our achievements, no matter how small, and we only focus on what isn't done yet, we put ourselves in a state of imbalance. It is an intentional, it's not intentional at all, But when we don't celebrate the small wins, we are imbalanced. Does that make sense? The scales are so heavily tipped in the realm of what's missing and what hasn't been accomplished. As a result, we only feel what's lacking, not what we have. Now, I will be the first person to tell you I am an ambitious person I have big goals. I have big dreams backed by a burning desire to achieve them. Now, that's all well and good. 
But I realized along my journey that I only focused on what I did not have. I never learned to celebrate my wins. And as a result, I was always miserable. Always. I never felt any sense of accomplishment. This pattern only fed my depression more. Now, this was foolish on my part because every step in the direction of our dreams, no matter how insignificant it might seem, is an accomplishment that deserves praise. Things to remember. Are you similar to the younger version of who I was? Are you? Ask yourself. Do you celebrate your victories? Do you acknowledge your effort and pat yourself on the back? If not, you're going to have a miserable journey. It's going to be very hard to feel any self-confidence when you don't take the time to recognize and cultivate it. It doesn't need to be significant victories either. Small wins deserve recognitions too. Guys, girls, a win is a win. Did you get out of bed today? That's a win. Did you make your bed? That's another win. Did you brush your teeth, work out, shower, go to work? My friends, these are all wins. They might seem trivial, but choosing to get out of bed when we don't want to is enormous. It's huge. How often do we overlook the times when we exercised self-discipline and then didn't feel pride over giving our all because we didn't have the goal complete? I mean, come on. If you're anything like I was, the answer is far too often. So... This is what I want you to do. I want you to consider having a gratitude journal. I needed to do this because I was so out of balance. I didn't know how to be grateful at all. And it helped me drastically. So go to a CVS, go to a Walmart, go to a Target. Target's my favorite. I love it. And find a notebook. Get a brand new notebook. Look at it. Whatever one makes you feel good. Walk down the aisle and browse. One will resonate with you. And once you see it, get it. Now what you're going to do in this notebook... Only write what you are grateful for in it. There are different teachers and methods out there for this, but what worked for me was writing only the things I was thankful for. I didn't write my dreams or what I was attempting to manifest, okay? Those were always on repeat in my brain anyway, and it needed no assistance. And then also, you could get another notebook for that, okay? This notebook is just for gratitude and appreciation, I needed to focus on doing this to help me stay positive and better control my state. Something else to do with it. Create a scheduled time to write. For me, I would always write my gratitude journal before I go to bed. Actually, that's a lie. When I started, it was in the morning, but then what I wanted to do was end my day feeling as grateful as I could and then fall asleep that way. I wanted to recall all of my day's events that went well and cultivate the gratitude feeling those feelings of gratitude before I drifted off. This made me feel so good. It felt good to fall asleep. I felt like I earned the right to sleep because I had a good day. I had good things to think about, you know? I celebrated the day with a sense of success and fulfillment by focusing on what went right. Now, this is the big one. Write down what you're grateful for and why. So every night, I will write 10 things I'm thankful for and why I'm grateful for them. I focus on the what to remind me of the blessing, and then I focus on the why to amp up those feelings. Now try it out. I want you to try it out. Maybe writing at night doesn't work for you. That's fine. Do it in the morning over your cup of coffee or tea. What matters is that you do it. 
and that you celebrate your wins. I've said before on the podcast, this isn't in the blog, I'm ranting right now, but what you focus on expands, okay? And so if all day, every day, you're only focusing on the negative and what you don't have and what's missing and your goal that you don't have yet, you're going to lose your freaking mind. So writing is a great way to focus on the fact that you can breathe, that you could take a breath in, that you got ears to hear what I'm saying to you right now, because there are people out there right now that don't think about it. How often do we take those things for granted? Okay. So moving on. Number six, you matter. You matter. Your ego is a deceiving devil. It will feed you lies that you aren't good enough, tall enough, rich enough, talented enough, pretty enough, smart enough. With the ego, it's never enough. Ever. It's that voice in your head saying you, quote unquote, should be further along than you currently are. Ego is telling you that you should have already conquered all your goals and you should have achieved the life society tells you to have. Ego also compares you to other people constantly and regularly. Stop. Take a breath. Recognize that you aren't where you want to be and that's okay. The story is still being written. You matter. Now, Things to remember, a tactic. Replace the word should with could. So anytime that your ego chimes in saying that you should be XYZ or you should have XYZ, stop immediately. Splice the word could in its its place. So let me give you an example. I should be rich. Switch it and it becomes I could be rich. I should be in a relationship. Switch it and it becomes, I could be in a relationship. Take any of your shoulds and replace them with could. It will immediately shift your position and reframe the situation, empowering yourself in the process. Should creates pressure. Could creates power and it empowers you. So, my friends, final thoughts as we wrap up this episode. Listen, I get it. I live it. Mental health issues can be awful. But feeling helpless doesn't mean that you are powerless. There's plenty that you can do to regain your strength. The biggest thing to remember about having mental health problems is that it's okay. You aren't broken. You aren't cursed. You don't need to be perfect. Even diamonds have some flaws. So keep these six points in mind when you're struggling. Number one, you are not alone. Number two, having a mental illness is not a personal failure. Number three, it's okay to ask for help. It's encouraged. Number four, it's okay to have bad days. Number five, celebrate the small wins. And number six, you matter. These reminders will bring you comfort when you're feeling like you're drowning. Refer to them when you need. Play this podcast again when you need. As many times as you need to. Hell, find me on Instagram. Find me on Facebook. Message me. I'll listen. I'll get you out. 
Don't stay silent. Don't try to tackle these issues alone either. Talk to somebody. Get help. And remember that you matter. I hope this episode has brought you some value. Please, before you go, I'm really asking that if it has brought you value, if it's made you feel good, if it's opened up your brain in a new way, please share the podcast, share it with somebody, help as many people as you can. I'm trying to help as many people as I can while I can. If you listen this far, I want you to check out the show notes, download a free copy of the self-discipline manual. It's completely free. It's my gift to you. And then also find my private Facebook group. Okay. Hustling for happiness. You just type it in, look under groups. You'll find it. It's private. Um, when you apply to come in, tell me that you came here from the podcast and I will approve you in that group. It's a good community of people that are uplifting each other, helping each other win and trying to get after the goals and dreams every single day. Also, you can write to me directly in there. Send me your questions. I'll make an episode about it. With that being said, my friends, I'd love you all. I hope you're well and keep hustling for happiness. Peace.